All right, let's go. Welcome, friends. This is Patrick Steenberg, founder and president of Global Football and host for the podcast, Let's Go. Today, I'm visiting with longtime head football coach at the U.S. Naval Academy, Ken Niumatalolo. Coach, where do I find you today? Hey, Patrick, how are you doing? I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Would you normally be at the academy this time of year, or would you be in Hawaii? Uh, I would definitely be in Hawaii. I, I, actually, I'd definitely be, in, excuse me, in the academy right now. We'd uh, obviously be ending uh, spring ball. We'd, we'd be recruiting right now. It'd be spring recruiting right now. Uh, all the coaches would be on the road, but I'd definitely be in Annapolis right now. Yeah, that, that's what I figured. It's a, it's a different time for everybody, but it kind of – harkens back you know I had the chance a long time ago to play for Eric Parsegan and I just remember how he used his mantra was adjust with poise right <laughs> no doubt you know some of the military stuff you got to adapt and overcome you know I mean it's just uh, you know the old cliche that uh, a lot of coaches use now just control the controllables and and that's if there's any time you can worry about that is now there's some stuff out of your hand you can't worry about, but just try to control those things you can. Exactly. Hey, we're going to reach out to a lot of youngsters today, a lot of students, student athletes, other coaches, and just kind of dig into a couple things uh, that you found positive in your life. And I'm just wondering, growing up in Hawaii, going to Radford High School, are there any mentors you can look back at, Coach, and say, this, this person really influenced me as a young man? Well, obviously, besides the obvious, your parents, you know, my dad and my, my mother had a great influence. Just, you know, my parents are from American Samoa. Uh, I was raised here in Hawaii, but just hardworking. My dad was in the Coast Guard. My mother worked at a bank. And just, you just saw at an early age, just work ethic, you know, both parents working out of the home, trying to make a living in a new country. Um, and so I just saw that. But then the, after that, definitely coaches. Uh, Coach Velasco, uh, he was referred to Coach V, my um, high school football coach, um, tough, disciplined coach. And I, I didn't realize all the things that I took from him back then, but I can see a lot of the way that, you know, I run our program. It's very similar to what Coach Velasco did, but definitely high school coaches. Um, coach Levi Chang was my JV basketball coach. Kelly mm-hmm. Tao, who's my youth basketball coaches just all of the coaches and and teachers they all had uh, influence you just by their their mentorship their love their discipline in all their teaching sessions well you obviously were around yeah a lot of great coaches who cared for you personally were there did you always want to be a coach growing up around those guys actually i didn't i mean i um i never really thought about coaching uh but sports was a big part of my family, a big part of what we did. I mean, all of my siblings played sports. My sisters played softball. My brother played basketball and, and football. I played basketball, baseball, and, and football. I played all sports. And so, you know, just sports were a part of our, my life. And then I got towards the end of my college career. And, um, you know, I was a backup. My career, playing career didn't go so great. But towards the ending part, my head coach, uh, excuse me, my position coach, our offensive coordinator, Paul Johnson, asked if I thought about getting into coaching, if I wanted to be a graduate assistant. And that was that kind of spurred everything. That kind of spurred the thought process of getting into coaching. And 
and that was the beginning of it. Yeah, and you and Paul Johnson connected for for many many years uh, uh, as as coaches. How about as a as a young man? Is there a moment of adversity that you can think of? Because every coach has had to deal with that on the sideline with your players. But how about it personally in your life as a young man? Was there something you can look back upon? Uh, just being on my mission for the serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and. I served in Ventura, California, uh, learning Spanish. Uh, I took Spanish in high school, and my Spanish wasn't so good, <laughs> so I didn't know how I would do. And uh, that was hard. You know, that was a hard thing. You know, you come from sports, and you're in high school, and you know, it's everything's great, and you win, and uh, you know, there's a lot of positive things. Then you go on a church mission, and you know, people slam doors in your face, and just a lot of negative things. I, I believed in what I was doing. I, I knew it was the right thing to do, but that was hard, you know, just every day facing that kind of rejection, uh, being away from my home, being away from Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I mean, California is a nice place, but it's not Hawaii. Right. It's, it's all those things. I mean, I, um, but I think that helped me to grow, helped me to persevere. And I think a lot of the lessons I've learned there are definitely life lessons that help me now. You know, I, I've known a lot of guys who have gone on missions, you know, and have, have heard them talk about it. And, yeah, that getting doors slammed in your face, thats that can't be fun as a young man, right? Yeah, especially, like I said, just where you're just coming from high school. Yeah. I mean, it just then you're, you know, I was in college for a semester or a year. just And then, you know, just things are good. Like I said, you're at the your school prom and you go to college. College is fun. I mean, just things are positive. You know, you're in football, and then you go some somewhere like that, and people yell things at you and say bad things at you. And and I I didn't get it at a young age. I was like, okay, if you don't want to hear it, that's fine. But why do you have to be so mean? You know what I mean? Just like, okay, I get it. You don't want to hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I get all that, but just um, but it was good though. It just helped me to learn. Everybody's got different perspectives. Um, you know, everybody's got a different point of view and being accepting of how other people think. But I think just more of the the challenge. I mean, I was hard every morning getting up and like, okay, here we go, another another day of people slamming the door in your face. And, right. Um, but it just, I, I, it, I definitely grew a lot on my mission. I, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Then how did you transition into coaching then with Coach Johnson? I did. And so when I went back, uh, so I, I went for my freshman year, at the University of Hawaii. Then I went back to the University of Hawaii. Coach Johnson, actually, when I got back, it was his first year there in 1987. Uh, so it was actually my second year back, excuse me, from my mission. And he was our offensive coordinator. He was a young offensive coordinator. I, 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 I didn't know a lot about football, comparatively speaking, but I knew that Coach Johnson was a smart man. Yeah, I could just tell by just, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, just as a person, I, you just like, wow, this this dude is sharp. He knows what he's talking about. Um, even though he talked differently from us in Hawaii, just, you know, his, his southern accent. Yeah. But uh, he was a smart, smart football coach. And just a lot of things that I learned from him and just the way he did things um, kind of inspired me to get into coaching because just the way he did things. So then, like I said, you know, in college, uh, my my 
two college head coaches were Dick Tomey and Bob Wagner. And those, they both had a profound impact on me too, just the way discipline, toughness, um, very similar to my high school coach that way. But the difference with Coach Tomey was, Coach Tomey was a very loving person. I mean, he was firm, he was fair, uh, but he created a family atmosphere. And so, like I said, this is kind of as I look back now, having coached for 31 years, I look at all of these coaches. Schematically, I learned the majority of my coaching from Coach Johnson. Right. Uh, philosophically, Coach Velasco, Coach Tomey, Coach Wagner. Uh, it's, it's amazing how you just pick up stuff from people, your parents, how you do things. Uh, my mother was a very detailed, meticulous person. Uh, you know, and just I, I see that in kind of the way I do things. I'm very um, almost obsessive, compulsive on stuff. And some people are like, dude, will you chill out? Because no, no, that needs to straighten that book out a little bit. Yeah. Or you know, straighten that line out a little bit. And I just think all of us, you don't realize, but you're, we're all byproducts of our environment where we grew up in. Sure. And, and that's, I had great influences in my life growing up. Had you, uh, you know, and then you ended up going to the Naval Academy with Coach Johnson again after a stop at UNLV. But had you ever even thought of the Naval Academy from being out in, in Hawaii growing up? No, I didn't. Um, you know, like you said, the first thing we went there is in 1995. Uh, and I first went to the Naval Academy for four years with Coach Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then I, like you said, went to UNLV, got fired there, went to UNLV and came back in 2001. But I, I just think there's so much irony, though, as I look back at it, Patrick, because uh, I went to the Naval Academy and our high school was Radford High School and it was named after uh, Admiral Arthur Radford. Right. And he was uh, he was the Joint Chief of, Chief of Staff, uh, Chairman of Joint Chief of Staff. He was an Admiral in the Navy and he was a Naval Academy graduate. Wow. I mean, there's I, I just look at it as like, how bizarre is that? I mean, there's I don't know how many high schools are named after. Uh, Naval Academy graduates, but I, I know there's only one in Hawaii, yeah. And I had to go to it, you know, not knowing when I went to school that I would later on coach at the Naval Academy for 23 years. Yeah, I I had never put that piece together when I read your bio, but uh, that that is an amazing an amazing note. And you said you know you weren't near as knowledgeable as Coach Johnson, but you knew enough to follow him closely, right? Oh no doubt. And just like I said, just schematically what he did on offense. Yeah. You know, just, and like I said, I learned offense. I, I played for him in 1987 and just as a player, then as a graduate assistant, then as an assistant coach with him, his stuff worked back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's still working now is it's, um, I knew his stuff was sound. Uh, I knew his system was sound. Just, it worked against all different types of defenses all different types of coordinators. I mean, I was I was sold. I was a convert to what he did. I just because I saw it in my own two eyes. I saw us <laughs> play people that we had no business beating when we beat them, and then that continued on at the Naval Academy. It's just um, he was he was a brilliant man, X's and O's wise, and also he was a, just a smart person. And I I so I was a sponge. I I tried to soak in everything from him. Yeah, and you obviously took took in a lot. It was funny when you talk about the games you weren't supposed to win. I, 
I happened to be in South Bend in 2009 <laughs> when uh, Ricky Dobbs was running quarterback for you and broke that long winning streak. And I got to tell you, I was with a bunch of my former teammates. When it got to the second overtime, we were all cheering for Navy. <laughs> yeah, we, we were fortunate. I mean, that, that uh, 2007 that happened just um, – yep. um, you know, we play them every year, and it's it's a great honor for us to play Notre Dame. And I mean, we know it's always an uphill battle playing against them, and it's a um, and played them so many times, and to finally beat them was it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was an an amazing game, just from people, uh, you know, the pride that you guys exhibited. And as we're sitting in the stands, go, would somebody tackle the fullback? <laughs> yeah it's um yeah but you know we're we're fortunate um and anytime since then that we have been fortunate to come up on top against them um we had some help you know just you know things you know it wasn't their day or uh probably the only game is in the Meadowlands when we won is the you know I think it was coach Kelly's first year mm -hmm. Uh, but other than that, it just, I mean, we have a hard time beating them. They, you know, they normally crush us. <laughs> Every now and then they're they're off. And, you know, I've always used that analogy playing them. It's like um, we have to be hitting three-pointers off the backboard, banking it from the, from the corner, and they have to miss layups for us to have a chance. But we recognize that. And so, and I think yeah. that's kind of been our approach that, you know what, it, uh, we – we don't take anything away from Notre Dame and we know who they are and we got to play our best to have a shot and they have to be off for us to have a chance. Well, one thing about Naval Academy midshipmen is they do not mind taking on a challenge, right? Well, these kids are amazing, Patrick. I mean, just what they go through here, the military requirements, the academic requirements, you know, just playing division one football is hard enough. If, if you don't have to do anything else, if you just went home and slept, <laughs> And all you yeah, do is play Division One football. I mean, that would be taxing for any human being. I just think of them sometimes, and it's things have changed. the The time requirements that are asked of these student athletes have changed, and then you add on the academic and the military side that these guys do here. To be honest with you, Patrick. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it's yeah, it really is. Any any student athlete at any Division One school is is tested and yours especially how do you um you know you've obviously got a bunch of young men who came in as leaders and want to be leaders want to be officers in the military how do you deal with a whole group of a hundred and some leaders trying to mesh them into a team some people have to follow right yeah it's um well the first part of leadership that they learn here and they do a great job i think here at the academy teaching is you know it's the principle of servant leadership and so before you learn how to lead, you have to learn how to serve. And so they learned that here, how to serve. And that's the biggest part of becoming a leader, that you have to look at things from the perspective of a guy that you're leading. Uh, so before you can lead anybody, you have to learn how to serve people and to be humble, uh, look at things at a different perspective. And I think that definitely helps in grooming the team of, of really bona fide leaders. If you look at our team, and I, I think you can say that in most Division One football teams, yeah, our team is filled of, of team captains that are all team captains in high school. So when you get here, you have a team full of 
guys that come from different parts of the country that were captains of their high school football teams. And so, you know, it's a little unique. It didn't have to change, but kids are resilient and they, they adapt. They um, talk to me about maybe a couple of your teams that you were either as an assistant or a head coach, you know, I know coaches look back on certain teams that win because you've got talent, but then maybe some special teams that just had a special character about them and were able to, to really be successful. Well, there are, uh, you know, a number of teams, um, uh, with, you know, this past season, obviously the 2019 team, just impressed with the senior leadership of all of their, the seniors and, uh, they wanted to get our program back in the right way, and they were, you know, resolute in their determination and offseason to do that. And it, you know, equated to 11 win season. Uh, 2015, same thing. We had great leadership in Keenan Reynolds and Bernie Sarah. And, uh, they led us to 11 wins. Um, maybe Ricky Dobbs here in 2009, you know, as a team that you know, a really resilient team. And, um, you know, there's, there's, I, I've been coaching here for so long. There's many of them. They've been a, a lot of good football teams and just, uh, they start to merge together a little bit. You know, when you've been coaching this long, you just, uh, but there've been a, a, a lot of resilient football teams here at the Naval Academy. Well, and you talked about your team in 2019, the year before you guys struggled, you know, you, you had a tough season in, in 18. What was the transition? Was it that senior leadership that really made the change? I think that was a big part of it. We, you know, we made some changes on defense. I had to look at myself first, look how I was leading. Um, and I know the first mistake that I'd made is how we adjusted with Malcolm Perry, our, our quarterback. We moved him back and forth. And it had nothing to do with our other quarterbacks. You know, whoever the guy was, I should have stuck to them. You know what I mean? So if we had our other guys that were playing there, you know, it's kind of going back and forth and playing musical chairs a little bit. And it, that's hard if you're the quarterback, if, you know, if you, you feel like you're always looking over your shoulder. So I feel like I did a disservice for our entire team, you know, the way I handled the quarterback situation. So we decided, hey, we're going to give the reins to Malcolm Perry early in January. We're going to tell him that. He's going to know that. Um Made some changes on defense, uh, just which was really difficult. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, guys that I've coached with for many years, but philosophically, I, there's a type of defense I want to play. And Coach Newberry and the guys that he brought in, you know, I thought did an excellent job. But the the biggest part is the, and also we got some, you know, some things on the, uh, um, our administration, just some really good things and helping us with the nutritionists and some stuff with nutrition. That I thought was really beneficial. I mean, these are all steps I feel like really helped us. But the biggest part I thought was the buy-in of the seniors and their leadership in the off season. I mean, they were the ones who got it done. Senior leadership, uh, what changed our football team around? And that that probably fits with any group, you know, any business, any team, any function. If you've got leaders that have the experience, then they can make it happen. What about the, this coming year? Have you got good seniors returning? I do. I, I feel really good about what we had so far, Patrick. You know, we only had a couple months of lifting, and we had a couple months of, we call them fourth quarter. You know I mean? Six of those uh, sessions, which basically the old school mat drills. You can't have a ball out there, but it's, 
you know, yeah. some, you know, football drills, agilities, but they're high intensity. You're pushing guys physically and mentally. And it's a way to, you know, see your, your resolve or the physical makeup of your team. And so we're just getting, obviously, to start our uh, spring ball, but then obviously COVID-19 happened. So, uh, but to that point, I, I was excited by what I saw. And you, yeah, you coaches, I'm sure you're working every day with your staff via conference calls and Zooms trying to figure out how you're going to get ready for an, an unknown season, right? Yeah, it's, uh, this is different, you know I mean? This uh, Zoom is different, but I think we're all, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting or, you know, early on in this whole deal, I think we all, and everybody in the world would understand what flattening the curve meant. And nowadays, right. if you'd ask somebody a Zoom meeting, everybody would know what that meant. Just, just uh, it's you know, a month ago, somebody said Zoom. I said, "What's Zoom?" You know, what I mean, what flatten the curve? What are, what are you talking about? You know, just. So yeah. I think our obviously our worlds have changed, but uh, Zoom meetings are are definitely help us allow us to meet as coaches. Um, um, online, we have you know some different things that we meet on Google Chats. Um, that we do as far as um, our, some of our team meetings and stuff. And so, but it's all online. Yeah. 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 When I first heard it about zoom, I was thinking it was a new kind of passing route. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, great. That sounds like that guy's fast. He'll get open. <laughs> so some kind of new, uh, I thought the same thing. I thought it was something like kind of Uber thing, you know, some kind of fast type of surfing. Yeah. Surf service or something <laughs> we're all we're all learning as we go no coach what do you have you know you've been around this game you said 30 some years what do you have remaining as your personal goals what gets you going every morning i mean i i mean i still want to i think for me patrick when i lose the desire to go in every morning i'm going to get out of it uh, this will be my 31st year and my my passion has not um you know dropped one iota you know we finally got the commander chief trophy back which we've had the majority of my career here and it 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 drives me to continue to keep it here and not only to beat army but to crush army uh, right you know i still want to try to beat notre dame i know those are hard deals i want to be the group of five team that goes to a new year's day bowl I mean, those are always things, you know, I'm, I'm realistic, you know, everybody wants to get in the playoffs, but I'm realistic of who we are and just, that would be, you know, really, really hard to do. And so there are still, I believe some really realistic goals or winning our conference outright, uh, going to a new year's day bowl and winning, uh, never letting the commander in chief trophy leave again. Um, those things drive me. I'm a competitive guy. I don't, uh, my all of my motivation is internal, you know. As I talk to my athletic director on different things, and I, I don't need outside influences to to drive me. I really think if you're in this profession and you need external motivation to get you going, you're not going to survive in it. Like I said, I mean, it might be, seem external that I'm trying to get these football goals, but my desire to get them has nothing to do with anybody else on this planet. It's me. It's my desire. It's my passion. It's what I want to do. I'm driven. Nobody drives me. Not my athletic director, not the president of our university, not any coach, nobody. 
I drive myself. And so when I stop driving myself, so to speak, Patrick, then I know uh, it's time to get out because this profession is too competitive not to be a competitive person. If you if it if it takes somebody else to motivate you or external things, so to speak, if it's not an internal motivation, even though you might use external forces to motivate you, it always has the source always has to start with you. And right now that that fire is still burning strong. And when it when it dimmers at all, then I'll get out. Well, that's yeah, that is, that is well said. Coach, as uh, just as a couple final words, there may be some young men out there today that are feeling a bit sorry for themselves or don't want to get, you know, aren't don't have that fire burning. They, they traditionally do. What would you tell a young man right now who just needs a little bit of a nudge from a from a successful coach like yourself? I would just tell anybody right now, young man, a young woman, you know, obviously these are some tough times, but the saying goes, tough times don't last, but tough people do. We still live in the greatest time in the history of humanity. Uh, we have smart and brilliant people that are trying to figure this out, scientists, doctors, first responders that are putting their lives on the line for us. We will figure this out, and you know our country will come back even stronger. But also from a personal standpoint, you know, you'll be able to re re return to where you're ever you're at in school, your jobs, your relationships. Um, you know, we're as a human race, we're resilient people. I've been so impressed with the resolve of our country and, you know, people, different companies that are changing what they make to make ventilators or whatever the case may be. But if I would just tell anybody, we can all adapt, we can all overcome and there will be a brighter world, uh, you know, again, and we'll all be here for it. Coach, those are, those are perfect words for today. Um, thank you for what you do for serving our country with the young men you lead at the U.S. Naval Academy. Great luck to you this year. I, I'm planning to be in Dublin on August 29th. I hope we're all, hope you're all there, we'll right? Love, we'd love to see you. Love to, hopefully we can meet. Love to see you over there, Patrick. Uh, it would be an honor. Thank you so much, Ken Niamatololo, U.S. Naval Academy. And uh, let's go, yeah, Coach. Take care. Bye -bye. Yep.